Hello and welcome to Clinical Pearls for Graduate Physios, the podcast that collaborates with experts in the world of physiotherapy to give upcoming and newly graduated physios key tips and tricks to help them in their everyday practice. I'm your host, Dion Kapnius, and today I'm joined by Mel Haberfield to talk about her unique perspective of the development of students into new grads. Mel is a physio for North Melbourne in the AFLW, but is also involved with both research and teaching at La Trobe Uni. Mel has had the opportunity to see the full scope of a student's transition into a physio and as such is an amazing person to give insight on this topic. Mel shares plenty of her wisdom, however my top three takeaways are, firstly, your main asset leaving uni should be the ability to reflect and be self-aware. The theoretical knowledge will come. Secondly, you don't have to do everything with a patient in one session. We can't fix people in 20 minutes. And thirdly, physios are in the business of behavior change. To change someone's behavior, you have to connect with them. I'm really looking forward to this and I hope you enjoy it. Mel, thanks so much for joining me and um, it's great to have you here. Um, I guess to start off with, um, I really wanted to get your perspective and um, your input onto this show because uh, like, like I've sort of mentioned in the intro, um, you've got a unique perspective of being a teacher um, and seeing the development from you know students into new grads um, in, in both the uni environment and a professional work environment. Um, from what you've seen, what areas or skills um, do you think placements in uni do a good job of preparing new grads for? Mm, good question. I think... Um... Uni is hard because obviously we only have four years to teach you guys stuff and you probably feel like when you finish uni that you don't know anything and that um, things were missed or skimmed over. And the way I look at it is you've got plenty of time to learn manual skills and uh, treatment approaches and things like that, but we've only got four years to really make you a true reflective practitioner, um, as uni-like as that sounds. But to me, that is literally the key. If I think if we can't make you self-aware in four years, then it's potentially dangerous leading into your career um, because, yeah, at, at physios, we never stop learning. So, um we can't, we can't possibly teach you everything, but if you really learn to be self-reflective and know what you don't know, then I think literally that is the key. Um, and then for me, the other thing is um, communication. And I know, again, it sounds a bit boring uni talk, but, yeah, literally the soft skills. If, again, you can teach anyone to be a physio, but you can't teach anyone to talk to people and connect with people so for me those are the two things i really like that um i think as well on placement you know i've i've really realized that there's a lot like you said that i don't know or students won't know but i've really made an effort to think about what i don't know and look and take the time to find out that and go away and look at research or different resources and i think a lot of that has actually stemmed from uni so that makes a lot of sense now that you put it that way. And I think when I was doing the course, it, you know, if that would, if I knew going in, well, that's all, you know, you're going to learn to be a reflective person rather than actually learn a lot of the content. I'd be like, well, what's the point of that? But now having done it, it makes a lot of sense. And yeah, it's a really good point. 
Um, I guess on the flip side then, what areas do you think students and new grads struggle with most um, when they get to placement and into their first job? Um, Into their first job, I think it's finding the balance. Like you're working full-time, suddenly it's exhausting because you're using your brain more than you probably use your brain in the whole of uni. So you feel exhausted and then it's that balance of then having time to exercise, socialise, be a part of a family or a partner or whatever else is going on in your life. So I think that's the hard thing when you graduate. It does come though, I I think, like after four to six months, you sort of get in a groove, you get used to the pace and you you start coping a bit better. Um, Yeah, so that would be the biggest thing I see. Um, And then like in the clinic, I guess it's time management and also like backing yourself a little bit. Like, um, yeah, I think when when you first get out into the real world, it can be really scary. So it's just about, well, you do know you are graduated, so you do know some things. So it's better to, um, you know, try something and then come and talk to your senior physios and stuff afterwards or in the break. I've had um, like new grad physios who at the clinic within one session with the same patient come and come and talk to me five or six times within one session and I think by then the patient has lost all hope so it's like it's okay you're not gonna you're not gonna hurt them just even if you all you do is one thing and then we talk about it afterwards and then next time you can dive into a bit more detail that's better than losing the trust of the patient that makes sense yeah, and that's something I've gotten a lot of feedback on myself as well to sort of just back myself and know that you're not going to, nothing's going to go wrong. It's more so just trying to maximize what you can do right. Um, and I think that's perhaps something that a lot of students also struggle with, just having that confidence and knowing that what they, what they know and what they can do is, can really influence and really change uh, people's lives. Um, I'm really interested to see my, Another episode I was talking to you off air um, with Sam, who's a first-year physio. He, he's going to speak a lot about imposter syndrome. Um, and do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's real. I think everyone goes through it. Like physios are typically like high-achieving, you know, used to being the smartest, um, usually type A personalities, like go-getters, and it's awesome and that does sort of typify our profession um but then it's like oh do I even know anything well of course you do but you still got a lot to learn um yeah so it's just about it goes back to my first point of knowing what you know but also knowing what you don't know um starting somewhere and then reflecting and going shit what can I do better um, how how can I move forward or something's not right, something's not changing, and then having an approach that way to, to do well with your patients. I think the big thing is you don't have to do everything in one session with the patient as well, and that takes time to learn. I feel like we have this pressure like I've got to fix this person in 30 minutes or 20 minutes, and really you can't. So it's not not worth burning out just to think that you've got to fix everyone in one session. They can come back again later in the week or next week. 
So, yeah. Yeah, I think that last point, um, I've really noticed that myself. Um, I think when we were doing some assignments or, you know, mock or prac exams at uni, you'll have to, we were really encouraged to do, let's say, give them one stretch and one strength exercise and then one other thing. And the only, I mean, and I think that's sort of, it's still in some ways, trans, you know, translating into to placement and into starting to think about jobs, um, which is an issue because, you know, like you said, you don't have to do everything in one go. And even if you do, if they come back worse or better, you don't know which one, you may not know which one was actually the, the cause of that. So, um, it's, it's actually counterintuitive to do that in a lot of ways. Um, I guess if we start to think about um, more so on jobs as opposed to placement, what do you think are the main things new grads should be looking for and prioritizing in their first job? So some of the things I, that come to mind for me are a good mentor program mm-hmm. or professional development emphasis. Um, well, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I actually think it's really important to um, not just settle for the first job you get offered or, you know, think that I'm a new grad so I just have to take what I can get. I think actually you should be a little bit picky in terms of like looking after your own uh, health and wellbeing um, because in your first job or your first year or two it can be there is a big burnout rate in our profession um, it's like five years or something is the average, um, five to seven years I think it is, is the average uh, burnout rate. So it's kind of crazy to think like you might have spent at least four years, some people more because they might have done an undergrad first um, and then you might not even be in the profession for as long as you've been at uni. That's kind of crazy. So I think what's important for your first job is, yep, definitely a mentor program so that you know that you're going to continue to learn and that you have a safe space to learn. Um, I think it's really dangerous to go into your first job and just be chucked totally in the deep end with no support. I think you won't learn, you won't develop, you'll form your own habits because you've almost got confirmation bias of your own habits. So definitely that's a big one for me. Um, I think the general environment, like talking to other people who might work there or, um, you know, what's it what's it like to work there? Um, if you're going to be made to work five nights a week and every weekend, you know, you, get, you might not be able to get that work-life balance that we are talking about before. And, yeah, sometimes it is hard, like, to get work-life balance, whatever that even means. But um, I think it's important not to be used and abused at the same time if that makes sense um just trans like uh being transparent um the the place that you're working at like if it feels dodgy and wrong it probably is and it's probably not going to be a great place for you to work um and then my last bit of advice is if you take a job and you end up hating it then it's okay to leave that job um, and there's there's plenty of work so just find find something that suits you better and suits your personality better that's my advice yeah I, I really like that last point um, when I interviewed Ebony about and I asked her essentially if you had one piece of advice to give to anyone she said if you don't like your job don't change your uh, change your job not your profession in other words so 
you don't settle just because it's the first job you've got and you know you're, you're getting paid and whatever um it's that's a really good point and i think um it's not something that's going to be widely discussed you know going into looking for first jobs um for a lot of students so that's it's really good to hear that and that's it's really good to also hear that's a theme amongst both you and other people that are speaking about that um i guess in regards to burnout would you i've seen starting to look for job offers around that some places offer starting as part-time um or yeah or, or limiting their hours do you think that's a good option perhaps for some people to to sort of try to limit that burnout and help that adjustment into full-time work yeah i don't know i think it's different for everyone. So you just got to do what's best for yourself because, um, you know, some people might not be able to afford to work part-time. They might need that full-time work. So I don't think there's a hard and fast rule. I just think that's probably my message. There is not a hard and fast rule. If you want to work part-time and you can afford to, then do it like amazing. Um, if you want to work half in the hospital and half in private, do it. Why not? I don't think there's rules anymore that it's not like, oh, you know, back in the 90s when if you worked in the hospital, you, you weren't going to get a job in private practice later on. Like I just don't, I don't think it's like that anymore. I think you can go back and forth and do whatever you want now. Yeah. And I do know a couple of people who um, have worked a couple of days a week in a clinic and then spend most of their days in a hospital and, it's good that there's options like that because speaking to a lot of my friends as well, a lot of them are, are even pretty unsure where they want to work and aren't really sold completely on more private side of things or completely in love with the hospital and they love aspects of both. And it's good to know that it's very, it's realistic to, to be able to look for that next year. Um, I guess sort of like I mentioned before, in terms of um, how much knowledge you actually learn through uni, uh, I found personally that from my experience, a lot of that more theoretical knowledge that I find applicable to private practice actually came from additional resources, such as um, if you've heard of Physio Network Masterclass or APA Talks, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to uni. Um, do you have any other advice or resources that students and new grads should look at or, or could learn a lot from? Uh, I think it's just like imperative that you link in somehow with some sort of PD. Um, There's all sorts of options. So like you said before, if you're at uh, private practice or in a hospital, like on a grade one rotation, you will be doing some sort of mentorship program where you're learning about lots of things. So that's really important. Um, In terms of courses and things like that, there's so many you can do. So yeah, anything offered by the APA is good. Um, going to things like SMA. So SMA holds a big conference every year. So does the APA, of course. Um, but if you're interested in sport, for example, then Sports Medicine Australia, the, the conference is really good one-stop shop to get every, like a bit of the latest on everything. Um, so those are often good. Um, in terms of... Yeah, courses when you first graduate, I think I often tell people actually don't rush in and spend $1,500 on a weekend course yet because you need to see patients first. Like for me, you know, it, it, there's no advantage 
because you haven't seen any patients. We haven't seen enough patients. So see six months worth of patients and then go and do spinal level one or whatever it is because otherwise you won't get more out of it than you did from uni anyway, if that makes sense. So, yeah, my advice to new grads is often don't rush into the big expensive courses. Just wait till you've seen six months to a year's worth of patients and then go and do some really big PD courses like that. But, yeah, never stop learning. If you think you're going to leave uni and never do a course or if you think your knowledge stops there, then you're wrong (laughs) because, yeah, and you'll probably fall behind or you probably already are behind. That's my advice. Sorry to cut in, guys. Here's just a quick word from our partners at Foundations of Clinical Exercise. We understand how daunting those first few years out of uni can be. You feel vulnerable and lack confidence when treating patients. This is where Foundations of Clinical Exercise can bridge the gap from student or new graduate and build you into a confident practitioner. Our presenters have extensive experience working in elite sport. Our learning experience combines the science with the art via video content and opportunities to clarify and reinforce learning through Mentor Question Week and the final masterclass. Head to www.clinicalxfoundations.com.au to sign up. We look forward to helping you become an elite practitioner. Now, back to the show. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And it's so crucial. I mean, we even see across five, 10 years, how much evidence can change. And if you're not keeping up to date, then you know you, ha- you can have really big impacts on your patients if you're not giving them the best possible treatment. Um, so I guess to sort of sum up with what you were sort of saying there, it's really important to get some sort of experience first. And I think that also will help to um, create a bit more context as to what each of these big PD talks are about and will help you actually understand and take away more if you don't have that initial experience it i feel like there's a lot of what they will speak about it may not be applicable yet or you may not know how to apply it yet yeah i often say like i wish i could go and do uni again because i think i take a lot more in and it's interesting like teaching like being on the other side and actually teaching and even going back to basics like second year first year stuff and you even teaching it i take i learn because I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, that would have been handy to know about 10 years ago, which I probably did get taught but just never took it in. So, yeah, context is everything. Once you've seen real patients and seen lots of patterns and the same thing coming up over and over again, and then you really get it and it makes a massive difference. So, yeah, in a way you just have to be patient and wait till you've seen a few people before you, things start to make sense. Yeah, which may not be the easiest thing for, like we're sort of saying, these type A, typical high-achieving physio types um, to be patient just to allow things to happen and come to them as opposed to, I mean, I'm guilty of it myself. I'm trying to, I want to know everything before I start work, but it's just not realistic. Um, I guess if we start talking about jobs again, um, so far I get, I've started to look for a few jobs for, uh, personally myself and listen to a few talks um so many places prioritize finding a fun and energetic and empathetic new grad as opposed to finding one with the highest marks at placement um across the board the general mindset seems to be that you can teach physio to someone like we sort of spoke about before but you can't teach them to be a good person um where do your thoughts lie in regards to this 100 percent. i've never shown my transcript to anyone 
for any job. Um, in fact, I'm about to apply for my PhD, so I just I literally had to find my transcript the other day for the first time ever um, to apply for to for a PhD. But that's literally the only time I've used it. I think actually the only other time I've used it is when I moved to Canada and had to do exams, had to prove that I'd been to uni. But in terms of jobs, never. No one, no one looks at your transcript. So I think that's why I, I try and like with you guys at uni, try and say to you, like, it's all good, calm down. Like it doesn't matter if you only got 70. No one cares. <laughs> like the learning that you're gonna get out of only getting 70. Is probably more than if you got 90 um, and it's, it goes back to that self-reflective piece and what are you missing? Why didn't you get 90? And I know that's so annoying when you're at uni but hopefully you will thank us for it, for it later. Um, but, yeah, in terms of when I've been involved in um, private practice and looking for people um, uh, one of the clinics I worked at, for example, their ethos was literally you can teach anyone be, to be a physio but you can't teach anyone to be a good person, exactly what you said before, and they hired on that basically. Um, yeah, it was more about what's your ambition, like, you know, what type of person are you, What, where do you want to be, how can we help you be that person? Yeah, it's literally that. So don't um, underestimate the power of connections and making good impressions on people because that can get you a lot further than having good marks. And every job I've got is literally word of mouth or because I've known somebody. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's it, it makes sense given the profession we're in. It's not, you know, you the best clinicians aren't the ones who necessarily know the most or, you know, are the absolute smartest. They're the ones who can connect with people and have those and build that trust and that rapport. You know, if I speak to any of my friends and they rave about a physio they've been seeing for years, it's always the ones that they can get along well with and it feels like a catch-up in a way. Um, and it makes sense for uh, for practice owners to to um, prioritize that when they're looking for for new grads as opposed to worrying about the job. So, um, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, and I think it'd be really reassuring for a lot of people. Yeah, because well, I've met you all. You're all really good people. Like, um, that's yeah, it counts for a lot more than you realize. So, just yeah, own your own your personality and back what you're good at which is being great people and that that's going to get you a long way and sort of when you go into an interview have that in the back of your mind like they're actually judging you as a person not on your credentials if that makes sense so um, if you feel confident that you're a good person then take that confidence into the in, into any interview that you do um, because I think that really goes a long way and really we're also in the business of behavior change that's that's our business not i don't know what you think we do but i can tell you what we do is try and change people's behavior every appointment we see a patient we're doing behavior change nothing else and to change people's behavior you have to be 
really good at convincing them <laughs> to change their behaviour. So, yeah, physios are more than just manual therapy and exercises. That makes sense. Yeah, and it's in some ways it's um, you're you're a salesperson in the in the health industry um, in terms of how you're going about like that. Not in terms of selling products, but in terms of selling why they should do this or trying to educate and encourage them to, like you said, change their behavior. And I really like that um, phrasing like that as pe- people that change others' behavior because I think that's really the the crux of what we're trying to do. We're trying to get people to to ad- adopt um, what we're trying to tell them to do and um, improve their lifestyle and how they go about um, their training or whatever it is to, to make them uh, happier and healthier people. Um, so that's, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I guess to finish off, we've touched on a lot of different pieces of advice, which has been great. Um, if you had to give one single piece of advice to all new grads, um, what would it be? Oh, this is a hard question. You should have gave me some warning about this one, Dion. I could have thought of something real snappy. Um, One piece of advice. Probably probably something I always find myself saying to new grads is, you know more than the patient generally. So go in and do what you've got to do because you know more than they do at the end of the day. So, yeah, you can't. You can't stuff something up that bad in one session. So just go in and back yourself and then let's talk about it afterwards. So that would be my piece of advice. You know more than the patient. I like that. Even if you think you don't. Yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't matter. It's almost, you've got to have that mindset where you, you do know more, don't you? Um, that's really good. And just the last one, if people want to find out more about you and the work that you're doing, um, where should they go? Ooh, well, uh, following like the Lazem Facebook and Twitter account is really good because that keeps everyone up to date with um, what we're doing at, at Lazem at La Trobe, so the Research Centre, Sports Medicine Research Centre. Um, yeah, hopefully soon uh, the plan is that I'll start my PhD next year, so you'll see things coming up through that, uh, through there. Um Still working at North Melbourne, so you can follow the AFLW, North Melbourne AFLW on social, so then you'll be able to see what we're up to there as well. Uh, and that's mainly my lot in life at the moment, those two areas. So, yeah. Plenty of plugins there. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks so much, Mel. This has been really good, and I'm sure um, everyone who listens will take a lot out of it and really learn a lot and hopefully most importantly reassure them i think is the key word a lot of it this is i think this is just really good advice people need to hear to not worry so much about you know working and the interview process and and whatnot it's all about just being who you are and backing your skills so this has been really good um so thanks again no worries yeah there's plenty of work out there so don't stress we'll never be out of work and Yeah, I think the other, the only other thing I would say is you've got your whole life to work. So, um, you, I don't know, work's not everything, but yeah. So don't stress it. Sometimes takes time to fall into place. So, yeah, I don't know. Don't stress. <laughs> Finish on that. Thanks, Mel. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. <laughs>